Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my colleague and co-author and friend, Nancy Saxton Lopez. We actually saw each other in person just a few days ago. I was down in New Jersey, and we had some time to visit with each other. So that was really nice. We hadn't seen each other in a long time. Right. So this program is a way for us to take the work that we did on our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, and to reach an even broader audience. And so we're very happy to have you with us, whether you're watching now live via YouTube or or uh, Facebook, or whether you're listening to a, re, a replay, probably on one of the podcast outlets. We very much like this opportunity because it allows us to share with you. And so if you are so inclined, please feel free to send us a story about what you've been going through, what you've gone through with the loss of a beloved pet, or some recommendations perhaps for for topics, for, for uh, guests for the show. Uh, we're open to all of your suggestions. We really appreciate them. And you can reach me at Ken ddv at gmail.com and you can reach nancy at n saxton lopez that's n s a x t o n l o p e z at c s m p c.com we also would like you to know that it would be helpful if you would consider subscribing on youtube because the more people who subscribe it makes the program come up on a higher uh, higher on the list when people are looking for support with pet loss. So if you if you think the program is helpful and you subscribe, that will help other people to notice and, and gain information about the program's existence. Also, you can support us in doing this. And we say this always tentatively because we do this as a labor of love, but of course, it always is appreciated if you can in some way still support us financially. Um, you can do that through Venmo, and you'll see the Venmo, the Venmo address. I guess it's called. I'm not really sure. On the in the uh, description of the program, you can also send uh, a donation or a gift through PayPal. You can also subscribe as a monthly subscriber. All that information is on the description below. Also, we'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society. Dakin is located in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's it's one of the linchpin uh, humane societies in our area, and it has been around since 1969, does all kinds of programs that are helpful, not only to animals who need shelter, but to people who need veterinary care, and also does lots of stuff to help support the human-animal bond. So check out what they have to offer. That's that you can see Dakin at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Also would like you to know that Dakin supports a Zoom pet loss meeting that I facilitate. It's generally on the second Tuesday of every month, and it runs from 6 o'clock to 7.30 p.m. There is no charge for this, and you can mm-hmm. join from any place in the country or any place or the in the world. And that next, the next meeting will be on October 11th, so Tuesday the 11th. And it would be great if you if you can join me. And we've had some very, very help, helpful and mutually supportive meetings 
So please don't don't hesitate to join us if you think it may mm -hmm. be helpful to suggest it to other people. And so with that, we're going to get started. And today we are going to share a, a very heartfelt story by a guy named Tony. So Tony is a gentleman who wrote to us and he also was in the meeting, one of the meetings that I facilitated. Mm -hmm. So I got to know his story a bit more even through that interaction. And he very generously has allowed us to share the story that he provided to us. And so we're going to read pieces of it. We're going to read a lot of it, but he also gave us so much detail right. that felt like we could just kind of describe some of what he's been through with his beloved uh, pet, whose name is Cebu. And Cebu was a beautiful little uh, Yorkie silky terrier. And so I'm going to read some, and then Nancy's going to read some. And mm -hmm. appreciate your comments. We appreciate you writing mm -hmm. into the comments if you have a uh, something that you maybe you'd like to say to mm -hmm. Tony, maybe share yeah. with him or share with us, and any questions that you may have about the content that we're going to share. So these are Tony's words. I write this with regret and guilt, tearing apart my inner heart and soul. Cebu, and Cebu is spelled C-E-B-U, my beloved baby girl, an 11-pound Yorkie Silky Terrier at 13 years and nine months passed on July 18th, 2022. So it's a very recent loss. He writes, I am a high-level, four-bonded dog owner, <laughs> single, no kids, live alone at 60 years old, and this was my first dog since I was a child. I was always meticulous in her healthcare, six months and yearly checkups and kept charts, spreadsheets and health and wellness reports. For That's the what we do. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, I, I want to repeat that charts, spreadsheets and health and wellness reports. So we do that. I, like many of you who went all the way in terms of managing his beloved Cebu's care, all the way and then some. Yes. I mean, just really, really focused on her care in a way that was just extraordinary, I think. In March of 2021, during a checkup, she was diagnosed with a partially collapsing trachea, degenerative mitral valve, and an enlarged heart. Mm -hmm. This actually, what follows, and I'm going to summarize some of what follows, is similar to what many people experience when they have very little dogs. So it's yes. not uncommon for them to have collapsed trachea, to have degenerative heart disease of one sort or another, mm -hmm. and then to go through, and I, we won't go through all the details, but to go through all kinds of escalating care for your pet. So first it might be observation and and just sort of paying attention to the pet's energy level, like keeping them exercised, but also being wary that you don't want to tire them out too much. And, and then escalating amounts of medication, depending on what you're seeing in terms of their breathing, in terms of their energy level, and many, many, many office visits to track how they're doing. And often mm -hmm. there's things like ultrasounds for their heart to just kind of check on how large their heart is getting and whatnot. And, and Tony did all of this uh, to a T, all mm -hmm. of to a T. Very and diligent. Very, very diligent. So we'll go, we're going a little bit ahead in his story. And 
I'm going to go to his words again. On July 18th, the day she died, I took her for a walk in the morning and she ate all her breakfast. When she went to lay down in my office, I noticed her breathing was severely elevated. I immediately contacted the vet and took her in. Her breathing had calmed down. Sibu walked to my car and walked into the vet facility, a little hesitant, but that was normal for her. Mm-hmm. The vet looked at her, listened to her heart, and mm-hmm. said they needed x-rays. Sibu was alert, and I was telling her that they were getting some x-rays, and, and all would be fine. I stroked her head. We did a head-to-head bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way I always showed affection to her besides petting her, as she did like uh, she did not like big hugs. When they got the x-ray, they sh- that showed fluid, and the doctor heard the fluid in her lungs and said she was going into heart failure. They said they have her on oxygen and on giving her di- and giving her diuretics to help get her fluid out. I was not sure how to process all this as I was taking her in to get checked. They told me to go home and they would call. They called two hours later and told me she would need to go to the emergency clinic 10 minutes away as they could not keep her overnight at the clinic as they were not set up for overnight care. I had proactively visited the hospital to make sure that they had all the information from the vet doctor and that she would come in as an emergency, excuse me, and need an oxygen tent immediately. I went back and picked up Cebu and they said she had been sedated and they put her in the car seat in my car. She was curled up and I was talking to her and her eyes were shut. I put my hand on her stomach and was petting her. Five minutes into the 10 minute drive, Cebu opened her mouth and let out what I heard as a death rattle. As I have seen this in my mother and father who passed and she took one last breath. My heart sank and I continued to the hospital. I picked her up and fluid came out of her mouth and dripped on me. I ran her into the emergency room and said she was not breathing, and they took her in and started CPR on her. There were nine people in the area working on her. I was, I was watching, traumatized at the window, at the window with Cebu facing me. They got an irregular heartbeat that lasted only about 20 seconds, and she went back into cardiac arrest. The doctor said, what do I want to do? I said to stop and let her go. When I went in and was next to her, she still had some involuntary movement and they gave her a final shot to stop that. It's all very familiar. It's kind of similar yes, to what yes. happened with my chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. I fell to my knees and cried at the table. The hospital provided me with a room and cleaned up Cebu and let me sit with her for as long as I wanted. Everything was surreal. I had not processed all of this and the events were so traumatic my emotions didn't know what to do. Basically, I was in shock. Mm-hmm. I signed to have her cremated in a private cremation at a facility I already knew about and had planned to use them when the time would come. I just did not know that it would be that day. The doctor later would comment that he believed the cordae ruptured, and, and cordae are fibrous tissue that are associated with heart valves. And when they took her back to get an X-ray, it caused this cause, which caused immediate pulmonary edema, even mm-hmm. though there was some fluid in her lungs already. She was an anxious dog, and the increased heart rate of the vet led to the immediacy of going critical and the rupture. And Nancy, I'll leave, okay. yeah, I'll leave off there sure. and you pick up. 
After I picked up Cebu's remains three days later, still crying, I thanked the hospital for their care and compassion. I also spoke with our regular doctor and her assistant who knew Cebu over her lifetime. I also thanked them. I felt I needed to do this. I wish I was not so focused on the trachea cough as everything I researched and the way her cough was going with some excitement when playing or if she was laying down the enlarged heart could press on the trachea and cause a cough also. I did not see her going into CHF. It had been less than three months since her last that visit. I'm racked with guilt. What if I took her in earlier? If I knew she was in CHF, I would not have been walking her. Was her food too high in sodium? I counted her breaths for a time and logged them in Excel for the doctor and also took videos to show the doctor. I killed my baby girl, swirled in my mind, the gut-wrenching knife in my gut and heart. She was the most important thing I had in the world, and I hurt her and failed in the end. I always took her in and got her treated and regular visits to the vet. Finances were not an issue with her care. I only did what I thought was right in listening to doctor. I missed the signs. She kept me alive through the pandemic and lockdowns, which I could not have survived on my own. I owe her everything. In the days following her death, the crying went on every day for seven weeks and still come. The screaming out loud for her to come back, the thought of her appearing, walking around the hallway, the ability not to not catch my breath as the crying was so forced, it felt like my heart would stop. I could not accept the fact that she was gone. I wanted my baby girl back. The grief and hurt experience was something I have not endured in my lifetime, and I've lost both parents and close friends. She depended on me for everything. She was always with me, and I can honestly say I gave her a good life, as my friends all say that I was always there for her. She was with me all the time, and we visited every park I knew of. We went to events, and I had a backpack for dogs so she could see and be on eye level with everyone, and it kept her from getting scared in the crowds at art events in our area. It was mentioned with all the healthy things I did for her, I could have prolonged her life. My guilt went into a vicious cycle of endless blame and regret and was preventing me from moving forward in my grief. If I took her in and got her on medications one month earlier, would it have made a difference? What quality of life would she have had on the medications? I have a friend whose dog is going through CHF on five different medications, including shots twice a day, and said her, uh, her Yorkie dog is no longer the same and her quality of life is horrible. I researched, consumed all reports, statistics for life experiences on CHF and medications and reactions. While the, the medic, while the medications all can extend life for a time, the quality of life is always in question. I felt I did not give Cebu a chance. I cheated her out of some months or additional years of living. I know she was old. And one week prior, she would come into my room and I would gaze into her glazed eyes. She could see, but her, but her hearing was starting to go. And I would tell her, I know, baby, you are tired. She would look at me and I felt in my heart she was slowing down, but I thought she was getting older and I did not know she was in CHF and that the cough was only the collapsing trachea. In the weeks that passed, I looked for solutions and could 
And could I bring her back? That is how my mind was working at the time. I have her ashes and I'm thinking, how can I how can I bring her back? The guilt was physically and mentally destroying me. I know based on your podcast, your Abigail can live for a while with five different medications for a time. After the first week of researching, I started listening to your podcast. I did continue my walking every morning and evening, evening without Cebu. I took her collar with me and cried when I walked. Continuing walking was something I needed to do out of respect for her and to keep my health up. I began inundating myself with Kindle books and other podcasts on grief and guilt and regrets. I listened to audiobooks while I was excuse me, walking and reading books while I went to parks and sat while missing Cebu. She was in my thoughts 24-7 and still is. She was my routine and I cared for her always. We were a part of each other. I knew I could not imagine my life without my precious companion. She gave me a foundation to my existence and helped keep my stress levels down and just made the crazy chaotic world easier to live in. She would always greet me and was a happy little girl. My heart is empty, but I listened to your podcast on guilt, regrets, and caring on... Oh my God, I have to find this. Um... Uh, regrets and carrying on through the immense pain. They have been helpful, and I know I am not alone. I've joined the Blue Pearl support group, and the sharing of feelings with others have proven to be comforting while mired in my ongoing pain. I also have a pet bereavement counselor that I meet with every two weeks now and has me journaling to Cebu and vice versa and writing down emotional levels and seeing how I progress. This is helping me to get out of a stuck situation I was in with guilt and encourage other people stuck like me to seek out additional help when needed. Everyone I know says she lived a great life with me and I cared for her to the end. The bond was incredible, and she is my soul dog. Maybe Cebu went on her terms as she knew I would not be able to handle putting her down or watch her quality of life deteriorate, although I thought that is what would eventually happen. I was mistaken. God had other plans, and I have to leave it to him. I know I will see her again. I still sleep with her blanket and collar on my bed. Maybe in the future I can own a pet again, which will never replace my beloved Cebu, but will be able to help another animal who will need needs love. And whatever mistakes I made, whether just my personal guilt founded or unfounded, I will love that pet and hope it will provide me unconditional love back. Hopefully my tears will slowly subside so I can just remember the happy memories and not that dramatic fateful day. God's creatures are special, and they do so much to keep us sane in this crazy world. I prayed and asked for signs that Cebu is okay, and now that my heart is clearing a bit and open to signs to receive messages spiritually, I believe she is leaving me subtle signs that she is indeed okay. I can't wait to meet her again, as I know she will be waiting for me so we can cross the Rainbow Bridge together. Thanks for all you do and and you're maintaining your support group and being of service to others. Thanks for giving this long letter a read, but I owe it to Cebu. She was a wonderful companion in the year she was in my life and made me a better person and given me a whole new perspective on life. I will always miss her deeply, but will carry her in my heart and soul. Sincerely, Tony. Just so, so emotional. 
one of the things that I most appreciate about Tony's letter is the way that he shares how explosive and gut-wrenching yes. his moments of grief are. That he says he fell to his knees, that he was yeah. crying so hard that he thought his heart might give out. Stop. That it, it, I think it's just so important to share those things. And I appreciate that as a man also, exactly. he's willing to be open and vulnerable that way because exactly. I, I, I think that helps, that will help others. It may help other men to feel like there's nothing wrong with just with, letting- with experiencing that kind of emotion. Yeah, just letting yourself grieve. And and there's so much else here. I mean, the the resources that he accesses are yep. just such a roster of all the things that we've talked about. So he's seeing a therapist, the therapist right. is having him journal, that's helping him. He's going for walks while holding on to Cebu's collar. He is he is allowing himself to do things like hold her ashes yeah. at the same time that he wants her to come back. I, I found that to be very moving and also very, uh, I relate to it very strongly because, because her, it's, there's a craziness to that. That's so typical of us when we're grieving that, you know, of course, that's that, what we do. That we're like clinging to their ashes which are clinging to anything, right? Their right, collars, yeah. their leashes, their bowls. Which is our physical colors. evidence that they are no longer physically present. We're still trying to manifest them in some way to make yes. them happen in the real, in the physical world again. And so the, 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 the way that he so honestly depicts the extreme the extreme irrationality that, mm -hmm. that strikes us when we're grieving. Exactly. I think it's just great because it gives everybody a window into what's normal when we're grieving. There's one thing that he said that I, I came back to. He said something about, see if I can find it here. My guilt went into a vicious cycle of endless blame and regret, and it was preventing me from moving forward in my oh, grief. I made a note to myself saying, the way I see it, is that these cycles are in fact his healthy grieving. Yeah. That, that that repetitiveness eventually gives way to an exhaustion from doing right. that. And that allows one to to keep going. And and so the, the, there's also there's also lessons here about how important it is to just not be judgmental, but just allow, just go with it. Just allow just gonna, yourself gonna, to grieve. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have these cycles of yeah. regret and blame and what if and and here we have a guy who was told that his his dog was in incredible shape because mm -hmm. of all the walking he was doing and they were doing and his, the dog's teeth were were really exceptionally clean and we know also that that keeping your dog's teeth clean, little dog's teeth, is very, very hard to do. They, they very tend, hard to do. They tend to have a lot of tooth pro dental problems. And also that it's really key to helping their hearts be as functional as possible because the bacteria in their teeth can, you know, migrate or can cause problems with their valves. And and so, I mean, I for one feel like Tony probably gave Cebu a longer life than maybe yeah, could have, right? she might have experienced without the sort of 
extraordinary care that he, I mean, really right. extraordinary care that he gave. I mean, how many of us really, if we're honest with ourselves, brush their dog's teeth all that regularly, if at all? I exactly. mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't do that. I should do it. I do it now and again, but I don't do it. Well, the other thing that I loved was the, 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 how he exploded the definition of the human animal bond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. this dog was his heart and soul, right. Yeah. Gave him so much mm-hmm. that he gave back. Right. Yeah. Kept so, him alive, kept him alive during yes. the pandemic. Yeah. And how important that relationship is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the people out there that don't get this, well, it's their loss because this is something that is so remarkable and extraordinary is yeah. that, that human animal bond. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and mm-hmm. and and eventually in his letter we get to him talking about how he knows, as we all do at some point. And it's a hard, hard thing that we don't have control of this. No. That we can do absolutely everything as he demonstrates. And still, fate, God, goddess, however you think about it, has the last word on timing. Yes, he did say that. He did talk about God's wish, right? <laughs> and and so I think it's really helpful for him to share that as well, that God, mm-hmm. God has other plans and I have to leave it to him, he wrote. And so that's the way it always is. Like we can do everything we possibly can. And yet we don't have, there's all of this, all of this is really out of our control right. in a big, big, big way. We, we can do everything right. And, and still there will be death. Yeah. And, and another mm-hmm. thing that he, he talked about and it's really an interesting point. And we talked about this some in the in the Zoom meeting as well, is that there's a balance that you strike with giving your dog all of this medication mm-hmm. because his friend is telling him that they're they're doing this with their dog and it's and that the quality of life is not that great for very, her. Very, very tricky. It's very he right. asked about what happened. He had he had mistakenly t- mentioned Abigail and when he was really talking about Isabel and my, in, in my two pets, cause Isabel's the one who had the, the congestive heart failure for so long. And, and he asked me, he said, what was her quality of life? Cause she was on these five medications, mm-hmm. hydrocodone. I can't remember the other ones. I used to be able to recite them all, but, but I can't remember them anymore, perhaps thankfully, but she would, when we give her a medication, she would be kind of down for the count for at least mm-hmm. a little bit of time because they were, at least some of them sedating. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did make that bargain. Like we're going to try it. We're going to keep her alive as long as she's eating. She seems happy when she's alert. She obviously was in no pain. Uh, so but that's the quality of life, yeah, right? That's yeah, the so scale we that you watching all we were watching all of that, yeah. but indeed she was, she was subdued by the medication. You know, another mm-hmm. thing that's, it is, and we talked about this as well. It's challenging when a dog is that elderly yes. because they tend to sleep even more than dogs do. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> dogs that's sleep right. Well, that's what, that's what we're, we're going to do. We had talked to you and I about yeah. me talking about my Jack yeah, who's yeah. 16 and a half and you know, he is on some medications and he does sleep a lot, 
but do we give him vaccinations anymore? Do we do we take him to a, a cardiologist, another another vet for for what particular reason to get more mm-hmm. tests? I mean, I, you know, those are really difficult questions. Yeah. There's a line there. Yeah, Tony you know, talks about that as well. He talks yeah. about in his note about the question mm-hmm. about vaccinations and yes, yeah, so you've been you've been dealing with that as well. Right. And and look, I would thank you, Tony, so much for doing this. And I think it was helpful for you to write every word. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping because the guilt was so outrageously hard for you, yeah. even though you did everything you possibly could have done. Um, I'm hoping you're feeling a little better with that. I, I hope so. I mean, again, it kind of illustrates what we've mentioned is that the people who are the most ferociously conscientious mm-hmm. are almost you know not always not always by any means but very often are the people who who feel like they should have done even more i know and, I and know it's always that way that. right i know For- he, he mentions it here and and he had he talked about this as well in the in the group meeting he's getting lots of commentary about how you know how could anybody have done more that may or may not help it certainly can't right. hurt to hear it, but it can't hurt to hear it. But right in his head, right or anybody's yeah. head, it's like, but I still should have done something different. Yeah, and and no, he shouldn't have. He did more than enough. But that's that will register probably at some point. So mm-hmm. that's why it's important to say because it may it may mean nothing now. It may even be a little bit irritating to hear. Now well, I mean, from the group, like remember we we would talk about we yeah, can't yeah. take your guilt away. Yeah, can't take it away, but we certainly hope at some point in time that you will yeah. forgive yourself. Yeah, because yeah. you did nothing wrong. You did, right? you did everything right, yeah. everything right, and then some. So we thank you, Tony. Yes, thank and. You. Uh, we we do. We hope you're we hope you're feeling feeling a little bit of relief at this point, and maybe periods of relief that last longer. And also, you know, one of the things he said, even in this dire pain, he said he imagines that he will he will open his heart and his home for another, for another dog. Uh, for so another this is a man yeah. with a big heart for sure. Yes, thank you, Tony. Thanks. We love your big heart, and we're <laughs> sorry about Sifu. Yeah. Great talking with you as always, Nancy. I look forward to our conversation next week. Take care.